You're listening to Brave Not Perfect with Reshma Sajani, presented by Anchor and Girls Who Code. Hey, it's Reshma. Thanks for joining me and welcome to Brave Not Perfect, where we talk with changemakers all across the world that have one thing in common and they don't even know it. At some point in their journey, all of my guests have decided to just jump in and try to make things better. Now, instead of waiting till they have all the skills and knowledge, they decided that it was better to be brave, not perfect. Kelly Roberts knows a little something about this. Back in 2014, she decided to run the half marathon in New York City. I was still kind of a newer runner at that point. I'd only been running for about a year. Mm-hmm. I just moved to New York the year prior. I was about to break up with like my first boyfriend. And I felt like I just needed to run, but I hadn't really trained because I'd endured my first winter. Like before that, I'd never even seen snowfall. And we had the polar vortex that year. And I was still like losing my mind. So I bought a bib to run a half marathon. <laughs> and I was standing in my corral. And it was February, March. It was freezing. It was like 25 degrees. And my sister was on a street corner holding a sign, trying to like be my Ooh, halfway mark right. so that I can like have someone to run towards. Otherwise, I was afraid I was going to survive because I hadn't trained. And there was this like hot guy behind me. <laughs> and I thought, I'll just take a quick selfie and send it to her. Just like make her laugh and warm her up. <laughs> she probably couldn't feel her toes. And then I had the idea to distract myself the whole race and take selfies and post them to Instagram. And I did. And I used this hashtag hot guys of the NYC half. And uh, we made it a BuzzFeed article. And the next thing I know, I'm on Good Morning America. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> when did you get like the Good Morning America call? Like when you finished running? The next day. You're kidding. Yeah. You're like, holy crap. Yeah. What is going I on? Had, I literally thought it was just going to make my sister and the five friends who watched my running antics giggle. So then what makes you start the blog? The, I, the good morning, the, all like the fact that the people were just like going viral thing. Yeah. I, I moved to New York City, got my undergrad in theater, didn't really know what to do. I totally panicked. It was the first time in my life where I kind of told myself, no, yeah, you, this isn't you're not good enough. And that totally derailed me. And I had nothing going. I was a receptionist at a big public company here just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then everyone was telling me, like, here's something, make a blog. And I didn't want anyone knowing anything about my story. I was like, no, absolutely not. But I didn't have anything else to do, so I started this blog, Run Selfie Repeat. And it took me like a year to start sharing my story. And at first it was just like funny articles about how horrible running is, but how empowering it could be at the same time. Because no one was really talking about that, how like you could hate something and really struggle, but also love it at the same time. It was always people talking about how fast they were and how strong they were and how easy it was. They're not easy, but just everything seemed a lot easier for everyone else than you know, me. Yeah, it's so funny. I ran the marathon after a tough breakup. Yes. And there's, I don't know what it is <laughs> about doing something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I run, but I'm, I wasn't like a like a marathon runner. Totally. But it was therapeutic and like empowering and like yeah. uplifting. Interesting. I bet if you polled most women, they, that's one race, of the one of the reasons why I they do say it. I bet over sixty percent is because of a guy or a girl in a breakup. A hundred percent. That is so funny. Yeah. Why running? I don't, I honestly, I don't know because I spent my entire life not athletic. The old, like working out was always a means to an end. It was right. a way to lose weight. It right. was a way to be smaller because I felt like that was what I needed to be in order to be desirable, in order to be beautiful, in order to be confident. 
And for some reason, I just literally had nothing else going for me. And I was desperate for something to feel confident about. And it was Thanksgiving Day. And I tried to go for a run. And I, like, couldn't even make it to the end of my block. But for some reason, that day, like, I decided to keep going instead of going home. Yeah. And I walked. And I ran a little bit. And I just kept going. And the next day, I did the same thing. And two months later, I ran my first half marathon. I barely survived. (laughs) There's something therapeutic about it. I felt the same way, right? To me, the regiment of, like going to you knew you had to run a couple of miles to get yeah. ready the putting on the music the listening through like being in your own head that's what I it think is. was really powerful I think giving yourself space to not even try to work anything out yeah. just giving yourself permission to be with your thoughts and it's so cheesy but there's something about moving forward yeah. and literally putting one foot in front of the other that makes you feel like you're making progress it's a great thing to do I mean I talk to women all day long who are lost they yeah. lost a son daughter mom Mom, dad, brother, sister, breakup, divorce. They're, they, they've cheated on someone or someone has cheated on them. Like just moments in your life where you feel out of control, having something where you feel like you're in control of something. And I mean, a training plan is so regimented, but at the same time, like you don't have to do it no. every single day the way it says to do it. No. But you have a guide. And you feel good when you finish it. Totally. Right? I mean, I was moved by I mean, what you said on your website about how people really struggle to feel proud. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't, I think for us women, like we are never taught to stand up and say like, I rock. Right. Go me. Right. Because immediately you're, you know, too bold. You're right. too loud. You're right. too self-congratulatory. Right. You're too ambitious. Yes. Too haughty. Right. Which is so stupid. Right. And I think what happens, I've been thinking a lot about this too, is then we don't celebrate the moments. Yeah. I often will fight and fight and fight for something. Then I get it. And I'm like, oh, amazing. And then I'm on to the next thing. Because I feel like we are raised in this culture of, you know, doing well and so part of it is like the uh, the chase. Mm-hmm. And so I have to always remind myself to kind of to celebrate. And I did feel like when I was training for the marathon, I felt really good when I finished those little regiments. I This is what running really has taught me is to focus on the journey and yeah. what you can control and just right now. Because my whole thing now is like chasing impossible goals. Things that I like truly do not believe I can accomplish and so, going oh, what out is, so and what's one right now fail. that you're chasing? I've been trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon for <laughs> two and a half years now. And I've failed twice. And I'm, my third attempt was supposed to be this weekend. <laughs> I got hurt. And the, like the first time I failed, it was like amazing because it was the first time I'd ever truly understood what giving your personal best meant yeah and how when that doesn't align with what you wanted that that's not what the definition of success is success right. is like doing everything you can yeah and that clicked for the first time and I felt like I won a million dollars yeah and then the second time I got hurt but I still stupidly showed up and tried to do it and I just felt like I let everyone down and I did mm. it for all the wrong reasons and I like really fell out of love with running and it took me like months and months, like I'm talking like six months of a very dramatic me, like it's just running. But at the yeah. same time, I really had to learn like, no, it's about the journey. And I had this amazing training cycle where I learned all these things the second time and I had fun, but not mm. as much fun as I should have. And so this third time, like the training was so much fun. Yeah, I felt so strong the entire time and I asked for help when I needed it. And then when I got hurt, I was kind of like, well, great. Now I get to do it again when I get better. Like, I can't wait. 
It's yeah, I just mean, about the journey. It is. There is something about trying to put too much effort mm-hmm. into something. Or trying to be something that you, th- you think you need to be. Right. You're going to try again. Oh, yeah. I'm doing the New York City Marathon. You are? Yeah. One of the other messages you talk about is body positivity. Oh, yeah. Why is that important to you? Trying to be cute, this is what finally, I think, taught me what strength actually looks like. Because I have always been a little heavier. For I was always the little tiny bit bigger friend, but my weight was never an issue. Right. Ever. But in my mind, like, I was so much bigger mm-hmm. than I was. I like, so can relate to that. Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't until my brother passed away and I gained over 75 pounds in that year just trying to survive. Mm. And I like really had to figure out how to lose weight. And it was it was like a moment of hopelessness where like I've tried dieting so many times. I know I'm not going to be able to lose this weight because I have no success history. Like I have nothing to call upon. And then I had to learn how to eat healthy and go to the gym. And I did that, but I still struggled to see myself as I was, even though I'd lost all this weight, even though I hit the number that I thought I needed to hit, I still didn't feel strong. And then I started running. And then once I started trying to be cute and I was running these incredible times that I like never thought I was capable of, I was looking around and I'm like, why am I not the size of the women I'm keeping up with? This doesn't make any sense. And I was terrified to run in, like without my shirt on. Mm-hmm. And it was summer and it was like 95 degrees. And one day I finally decided to just take my shirt off and try not to die. <laughs> And I like took my earbuds out, convinced that people were gonna scream things at me or tell me that I shouldn't like be seen without my shirt. And it probably took me like two months to feel comfortable running without my shirt and feeling strong in the skin I was in. And it like finally dawned on me that the only person who can tell me that I'm strong and make me feel it is me. And every time I looked in the mirror when I got dressed and thought like, well, maybe in another month. And it's like, no, stop worrying about what's gonna happen in a month. You work so hard. You deserve to look in the mirror and truly love what you see. And see who you see. I mean, I agree. I was the kid with the T-shirt on my bathing suit my whole life. Yeah. You know? And it is really true about, like, how your mind plays tricks on you. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is, um, you know, my friend Amy taught me this, too, that your body hears what your mind thinks. Mm -hmm. And there's such a connection to, like, if you don't love yourself, Mm -hmm. it's almost like your body will, like, show that. So how do, you, how do you on your blog kind of share this message of body positivity? So we started a big movement called the Sports Bra Squad. Okay. And that was a the big squad. The Sports Bra Squad. Yeah. So right. we, last year we had Global Sports Bra Squad Day. And in over 78 cities around the world, people hosted meetups. And they wore their sports bra. Mm-hmm. That's Everyone amazing. Everyone ran in their sports bras. And like we got all these stories from women saying, you know, like... I'm 40 years old and I've never run in my sports bra and like doing that was the most terrifying thing I'd ever done. And walking away and thinking like, I was so afraid of doing that. Like there was nothing to, it's almost like the boogeyman. Yeah. Just what do we think is going to happen? And confronting that it's the biggest fear I think is having to confront what you say to yourself. Yeah. We know we do it, but having to really like rumble with the horrible things that you say to yourself Mm. is so incredibly difficult difficult like it shatters you yeah it's really hard like that's a really really hard conversation to have with yourself and then to change it takes months it's like any other muscle it's not going to come by doing 20 squats (laughs) you know like you really have to work at it and give it time and trust that like if you can keep talking to yourself the way that you should be talking to yourself and showing up for yourself 
eventually like you are going to look in the mirror and be like, I am so strong. I have a six year old niece and she just is is so into how beautiful she is, you know, and she's like, you know, she's strong. Yeah. But it's just, I look at her and I'm like, so, um, it's so remarkable how much she loves herself. That I wish everyone had that. I wish everyone had that. And we're so confident in the way she looks. And it's like, it's just amazing, amazing to watch because she was kind of like a chubby kid, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's gorgeous and, and she like works out and she's strong. But yeah, she doesn't have the typical teenage archetype, you know, body. Yeah. Um, but she loves herself. She thinks she's amazing. As she should. As she should. It's so weird being in like a voice in the fitness world now. Like I've I've been on the cover of Women's Running, and yeah. like I'm it's I I'm a theater person, and to look around and be like this goon at a table full of like Olympians or whatever. Like I'm always at events where like my body type is truly the only body type there. Right. But like there's a huge problem in the fitness industry that they're selling us what strength looks like, like that lack of diversity isn't motivating, it's not inspiring, and it's only hurting people. And there's a big issue that like you, if you flip through a magazine, like a fitness magazine, you will never see anyone over 20. Right. Where are the 30, 40, 50, 60 year old women? Right. When I show up at races, I see them, they kick my ass. Oh yeah, and we work out too. So tell me, um, what's your biggest goal? Oh my God, the day that women don't equate, you know, beauty with their waist size. That's my biggest goal. If I can even make a dent on like 30 women, that's a success. You think it's, you're on your way? Absolutely. Yeah. What's different now? today. Why are, why is there so much more attention to body positivity at a time where we literally Instagram everything and we're placing our phones strategically to have the perfect picture at the right angle that makes us look as thin and as young as we possibly can look? That is like, it keeps me awake at night, the statistics of teenagers and social media and what it's doing to them. But I think it's a lot of the, the accessibility of stories mm-hmm. of people talking about their struggles and their successes. But I really think it's all the things that are happening with women and women like demanding their power back right now. Yeah. I think women are tired of being sold something that's not just unattainable, but is just like detrimental. Yeah. It's BS. Right. I mean, it's not a way you want to live your life, like no. eating a lettuce wrap every day. And we, yeah. we have an obesity epidemic. Like yeah. obesity is a huge issue. And trying to tell people that they need to be skinny isn't the way to solve it. It's just, I always say like health isn't a look, it's yeah. a lifestyle. Right. And it should, be, it's, it's accessible to all. We're just like not selling it the way it should be sold. Right. Well, because I think it's always been about looking good, getting yeah. the guy or the girl, yeah. and not really about how you feel mm-hmm. and um, what you want to do to make you happy. Yeah. Well, listen, I think it's amazing, amazing, amazing what you've done. I have one last question for you. So, you know, what is your like brave, not perfect moment? I think anytime I can join the sports bra squad when I'm not feeling a hundred. Like I just sat on my butt for three weeks cause I'm hurt and running in my sports bra at the Brooklyn half on Saturday <laughs> at a point where I'm not in great shape. That is my brave, not perfect moment where that is perfect. Yeah. Where you are right now is where you are. You deserve to celebrate that, not aim towards perfection. I love that. Thank you so much, Kelly, for Thank your you time. For it was amazing me. having you. That was an amazing conversation with Kelly. I loved how she ended the podcast with her brave, not perfect moment and saying that like being brave is like showing up how you are every day and not giving a fuck about it. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Brave Not Perfect. Got a question for me? Send us a note at bravenotperfectpodcast at gmail.com or call in directly via the Anchor app on your phone. 
Until next time, this has been an episode of Brave Not Perfect with me, Reshma Sajani. 